0: Welcome to another Ember Weekend. I'm Chase McCarthy. And I'm Jonathan Jackson. And we've had a busy couple of weeks. Back in Jacksonville, both of us. Back in Jacksonville. Yeah, some earlier
1: than than we'd expect, but uh, it's all going good.
0: So, Chase, have you heard about uh, JSCS? Yeah, Eric Bren mentioned it and the training in Chicago.
1: Yeah, you know, I was really excited about this uh, for a number of reasons. Um Not the least of which is the fact that i can never remember to use single or double space or double uh double quotes consistently i always end up like interchanging them i i I can see the benefit to using one or the other so if you have the single quote it's only one you're only hitting one key and you're not courting another key um but double quotes some people like the look of them better i don't know anyways this is this is a tool to basically like help unify a team Around you know decisions like that, so that they all, everyone
0: has the same code style. Yeah, I think I'm going to enforce a rule in number weekend that we use all backticks. Just all in back case, ticks. just in case I ever want to interpolate.
1: Yep. Uh, hey, I'm I'm totally on board with that. Uh, you never know when you might interpolate. You know, could happen like right now. Yeah, and this has a uh, you know like a lot of cool options for dealing with ES6 and conventions around new ES6 features and I think even ES7 features, and uh, it's pretty cool. So. I recently found out that there is a, a, an add-on by Dockyard called Amber Suave that has um, some really great conventions. And it's basically a list of rules that are set up and supplied by JSCS. Things like uh, disallowing var, so you always have to use let or const, requiring array and object destructuring um, when you can. Uh, and I actually looked at the rules for that, and that's actually a little bit more complicated than I thought it would be. Uh, so that, that's pretty cool.
0: I'd like to see some of the, like a rule or whether this works for um, parameter deconstructing, like, you know, I didn't even know you could do that up until recently. So, um, you know, there's a lot of times where you're getting a, getting a parameter in and you just need like one key out of that thing. It'd be nice to just deconstruct it right there.
1: Yeah. It's that, that's super useful. And like, if this could enforce that, that would be neat. So I'll have to, I'll definitely have to check out that, but this is a really cool way to help learn you know, new ES6, get them into your, into your muscle memory, the ES6 syntax, uh, around a bunch of things. So, uh, using let and cons, things like that. Like these are, these are things that we're just going to be using from now on. So it's really good to basically have a tool that helps you try to kind of force you to use these things as they come in. Uh, and I, I really like it. So I'm going to start trying Ember Suave, I think.
0: Yeah, another, another good thing with it is that, uh, you know, there's a dot that you can just share with anybody and, uh, you know, you can all maintain the same styles or you if you like the coding style of like, say, Ember, you can just go copy Embers out uh, and use that for your projects.
1: Right, which I think uh, many of this, I think the drive for Ember Suave was pulled a lot, a lot of it was pulled out of the Ember .js, JS SRC file. So
0: it's pretty cool. So Ember Sherpa is having a workshop on August 8th in Toronto. That's in Canada. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad
1: that's in Canada. I'm glad you specified. Well, I think this is one of a one of a few that he's scheduled um, in the next few months. Um, and it's basically like a day where uh, you're going to spend an entire day learning to build an Ember app with 2.0. Uh, and just a few of the things uh, we're going to have in the show notes, but a few of the things that are mentioned on the you know the part of the like the syllabus, I guess, is Firebase integration, deployment with DevShot, using Material Design authentication. And uh, I don't know, it's going to be a very busy day. Uh, And and I think, I think this is going to be a really cool introduction into kind of like a rapid fire introduction to both Ember and then also like some Ember 2.0 features. So it's pretty sweet. And at $300 per ticket, I think it's a, it's a pretty great deal. So I definitely recommend checking this out. I did a workshop with Ember Sherpa on, and we actually featured on Ember Weekend's episode one, where um, we went through some of the new features in uh, 1.11. Uh, and this was just on a Google Hangout at the time, uh, and it was only a, you know, a few hours, maybe, maybe just a couple hours. But that was super helpful for me, so I, I definitely recommend this. If, uh, if you're in the area, or if you can get to the area, uh, I, think, I think this is definitely going to be worth your while.
0: There's another great library out by Lauren Tan. Uh, this one's about metrics. Um, so this is Invermetrics. It uh, currently it handles uh, Google Analytics and Mixpanel by default, but there's a good adapter layer for you to build your own, uh, you know, your own adapters for whatever metrics you like to gather. She was actually uh, in a conversation with somebody about, you know, how many metrics tools do you use in a given app? And uh, I think she said something like five.
1: Yeah. That's <laughs> is... that's so that's wild. Like, I, I think maybe the max I've ever used is like two or three in a single right. app for for various things. So I definitely I definitely like this as a, as a way to kind of abstract that
0: and um and the, the the way you use it is pretty simple it, uh there's some things you can just tack on the link2s um so that you know you get all the right things reported it has a very similar interface to google analytics so uh you should be you know should be able to just drop it right in and you know if you're already using analytics in your Ember app it should just you know be a quick replacement yeah
1: yeah the, the link2 is augmented to to basically fire a track event so there's four there's four different um methods on the api and it's like track page track event identify and alias and these are just hooks that you can say, Hey, when this event happens, go and register it with my adapter. And then, uh, you know, track page would basically say anytime this page is visited, identify would be a way to basically say like do cohort analysis. I, I imagine, uh, and some other things and, uh, link to lets you do the track event. So it seems like right. a pretty a good, good use case for this sort of thing. Um, I think the other, the other APIs you would want to use with action
0: handlers, I guess. And it also has a really good uh, configuration. It seems like um, you know you just configure all of them inside of your environment. So that's a right. uh, nice. To, it's nice to get all of those in one place.
1: Yeah, I definitely like having all of the all of the configuration stuff in in one area, and then just kind of like get it all ready, and then you can add new new things without having to any to you know to really do anything. Also. Right,
0: and this that that should actually help uh, integrate this with something like DotEnv, um, so that you can like get all your environment variables, you know, from the from the system. Not have to deploy them in your environment, JS.
1: Yeah. So Chase, you've been working on a project for the past few weeks. Um, I, I'm kind of curious if uh, if you if you want to talk about it a little bit. Not really. Not really. <laughs> 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 all right, we're going to do it anyways. So let me, uh, uh, all right. So so okay. So what started the progr- uh, The project. What what was the motivation? What was uh, what was the goal? Uh,
0: so Adolfo, uh, you know, who made Inver Watson, he currently uh, does a lot of you know uh, cool things to like pull out your JavaScript files traverse the AST, make changes that, you know, for upgrading and things like that, then, you know, write them back to the, you know, the JavaScript that you have. And the way he's doing that um, is actually using a library called recast. Um, And the reason why he has to use that is because Esprima actually doesn't preserve everything that is in the, you know, that is in your JavaScript file. So it's not like a one for one, you know, translation of your source into some, you know, kind of syntax that can be used. So you don't, you lose things like comments or spaces
1: right i think you had a word for this there was a there was a a difference between an ast which is an abstract syntax tree and then i think you were calling it what a
0: concrete syntax tree where the
1: concrete syntax tree would have every single thing you need to 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 build out the entire program back from scratch
0: yeah i'm going through like i'm reliving all of my cs days you know trying to trying to learn everything i can to get to solve this problem but yeah concrete syntax trees um they they have kind of a different job um because if you think about it like an abstract syntax tree with c2 numbers like a equals two plus two like semicolon and it'll go oh you're just trying to add you know two plus two and store it in a thing so it's just it can generate just a you know a, a plus operator so it'll probably just be like um plus two comma two or something like that it can generate like uh, the nodes of just the thing it cares about it like loses things like the spacing in between the, right. the two and the plus right. or the, the semicolon at the end it'll probably just be dropped um, would it,
1: would it keep the, with an abstract syntax tree, like with uh, a Supreme or something like that, would it keep the local variable names?
0: Yeah. All the variable names stay. That's then that's, that's cool. And you know that they were vard versus, you know, let or const. Right. That's um, pretty cool. That's pretty cool.
1: The, that distinction, the distinction between like, first of all, I didn't know there was a word concrete syntax tree for this. So it's pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. And so, so the big problem we're running into is, um, you know, that all works great in JavaScript land. Um, but there's nothing currently that does this in uh, HTML bars or handlebars world. And they're two different things. Uh, Handlebars has its own AST. HTMLBars is an extension of that AST, and there's a there's a lot of things that are added. Uh, there's a lot of features that you know Handlebars doesn't have that HTMLBars needs.
1: Yeah. So the so so my understanding of it is that Handlebars AST really only cares about things that are inside of the the mustaches, and that the HTMLBars AST cares about those. And there's other additional nodes and things that it adds to the AST for for those mustaches. But it also cares about the actual HTML itself. So it has to tokenize and process the the HTML that's not inside mustaches. Uh, that's something that Handlebars doesn't have to to worry about. Is that is that kind of like the the general gist of where we're at?
0: Yeah, basically. So the uh, so HTMLBars uses Handlebars, gets an AST in, and then takes the content sections that were just text sections that Handlebars didn't really care about, uh, parses those further into nodes that are more like elements and the text contents of the attributes, uh, things like that, um, and then it you know so it gets more information but there are a couple of things it doesn't do like it doesn't uh preserve comments i think this is actually Handlebar itself doesn't preserve the comments it also doesn't preserve new lines between say like if you had all your attributes on new lines because they had really long paths or something or or you just had a ton of attributes
1: yeah like four or five attributes you you would like indent them and it's going to just lose those
0: right or if you just had um if you had blank lines it would it would preserve those but but if you just have uh there's some some cases where you lose new lines at the end of a uh, each statement so there's just weird things like it was never It wasn't really designed with the intention of reprinting and, you know, an accurate representation of what the source was. Um, So we're trying to, like, figure out a way to, you know, to get back the, you know, your original pristine source. Um, And one of the ways we're thinking about doing this is doing this the recast way, um, which is basically to, uh, like, kind of wrap the parser with another thing that takes the source and divides it up by the, the lines and then attaches the original source code to each node so that at any point when you wanted to print, you always can look back at the original and say what was the spacing between these things it's kind of a little complicated and it would it'd be nicer to have a concrete sintrex tree but um but recast does a really good job of this so we think this you know is a good way to move forward
1: this is going to be all like the the goal here is to be able to change things from like uh in each iterator was formerly you know each people as no no it's now each people as person but before it was um each person, person in, people. in people yeah um, so you're you're basically gonna try to make a way to automate that uh, in the same way that they were able to automate with Ember Watson, uh, they were able to automate the dot properties out into you know Ember dot computeds,
0: right? Right, and that's that's like a whole another uh, you know a whole another problem too because once once you have once you have the ability to reprint the AST, there's now the issue of you need to be able to translate this AST into another AST. So you need these like things that can mutate or build those nodes. Um, so you need a way to traverse it. Um, and uh, Martin Munez is working on that, um, so there's a there's a pretty good traverser um, that will have an API for building and removing nodes. Um, but then once that's done, um, in order to reprint it, um, there's a little more work that has to be done to to preserve the original source. Because one of the things Recast has to do is, as you modify things, it has to be keeping track of like say you deleted a line, uh, now all the line numbers don't really match up with the original source. So that trick that it's doing, it has to like constantly be manipulating those line numbers. So that you get back the original source. So any, any part of the node that wasn't changed will have like, say, any weird indenting or new lines that you added in there. Um, but the parts you change aren't guaranteed to, I mean, obviously they, they don't know what style you need. So when right. you have some algorithm that goes through and like says, replace this with this, um, unless you explicitly put spaces and new lines in there, it's not going to do it. You're going to get like all on one line or basically the default formatting. But right. then you can just go in and change it. That's cool. That's cool.
1: With with all the stuff that's your, I know I, I've been seeing I've been seeing you, uh, you know, be basically hold up for the past couple of weeks trying to get all this stuff working. I know that you have a project started, um, and the project already parses the handlebars. I, I can already print the handlebars, uh, AST. Right now, the main problem is trying to incorporate the handlebars printing that you're you can currently do into HTML bars.
0: Is that is that right? Well, I mean, yeah. So it, handlebars was pretty simple. Obviously, there's just content and all these handlebars types. But then HTML bars added a bunch of other types. All those actually were, you know, after the pattern was established, were pretty easy to add, and that all actually works. So all the different node types I have working, uh, kind of in a separate repo from HTML bars. What's the what's the repo called? So that's HTML bars uh, dash printer.
1: Okay, cool. We're gonna we're gonna put that in the show notes.
0: And um and that that all works. It's just a matter of it's not preserving. You know your exact style. So, assuming you didn't care about it, you could always use it. Assuming you you were like, you know, what this thing's gonna kick out, it's gonna kick out exactly, say, you know, two spaces at the beginning of line, two space indents, and one space in between attributes, and not put attributes on a new line.
1: Right. And single single quotes, not double quotes, that sort of
0: thing. Right. I think it actually defaults to double quotes, but yeah, it's there's certain things you're gonna not preserve. It's definitely a work in progress. And that's all for this Ember weekend. I'm Jason McCarthy. And I'm Jonathan Jackson. And we'll talk to you next weekend. So Immer Sherpa is holding a workshop in uh, Toronto, Canada. Um, this is happening in August 8th, so it's coming up pretty soon. Is there like a Toronto, Wisconsin? Is that a thing?
1: Like like why why are you why are you clarifying the Canada part? I don't understand.
0: I don't know. I'm sure I'm sure there's a Toronto, Wisconsin. There's a Toronto Okay, we have like, to look it up. We'll have to look it up. I'm looking it up right now. I know they have raccoons up there.
1: Raccoons. Oh, yeah, that's true. I saw, I saw, yeah, the internet went insane for a little while.